Welcome to Paid in Puke, a podcast where three women with names discuss movies that are about something other than a man. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. It's also a spoiler-filled free-for-all. You've been warned. This is Paid in Puke podcast, our first episode. Uh, I'm Jessica Baxter. I'm Amy Green. And I'm Christina Barr. And we are three friends who had a feminist movie club because we thought it was important to go see all of the female-led movies that are coming out in theaters. And then afterwards, we had lots of interesting things to say about them, (laughs) so we thought we should share those thoughts with the world. And here we are doing that on our podcast. Yay. Today's episode is Fogelfest 2019. Susanna Fogel. (laughs) Stan, as the kids say. (laughs) We're talking about two of her movies. Uh, Well, so the first one is The Spy Who Dumped Me, which she wrote and directed. They all want what you've got, and they'll kill each and every one of us until they get it. Oh, my God. God, I killed someone! I killed someone! Stop yelling! sit in the corner all night? It's your birthday. I'm 30 years old. I wear a Hawaiian shirt to work. My boyfriend dumped me in a text. Let's set a shit on fire. Burn! Burn! Burn in the fire! In the bear situation. We just want to talk about Drew Thayer. He's your boyfriend, right? Drew is CIA. I'm sorry, what? I know you're a spy. It's a long story, and I'm going to explain everything. Some bad people are after me, and now they're after you. If we don't deliver this package to the end, a lot of people are going to die. Do you want to die having never been to Europe? Or do you want to go to Europe and die having been to Europe? Why are those my only two options? Is this really happening? Yeah, because you dated a spy. This is surreal, and I honestly think I'm in shock. Robin, you are incredible, and I want you to own it. You have a real instinct for this. I do play a lot of video games. You you too. Wow. What? You're the boss, and yet you have not sacrificed one ounce of femininity. That is the Beyonce of the government. Yeah, Mila Kunis is just dating Justin Theroux, and he breaks up with her abruptly and disappears. And she has texted him a million times, and he doesn't get back to her. And then Kate McKinnon takes her phone and says, texts him, I'm going to burn all your shit that you left in my house. And then she does hear back from him immediately, and then we can see that he's off in another country, like, blowing things up because he's a spy. And he's like, no, don't burn my shit, I'll be right, I'm coming back tomorrow. And... Things unfold from there. <laughs> and it was an awesome, like, friendship story, too. And, it, like, together they become embroiled in this, I don't know, trying to get a secret drive that's going to destroy the world. Uh, <laughs> you know, like... Yeah, the... 
the MacGuffin in the story is just is they don't worry. <laughs> it's classic MacGuffin because it really is pretty meaningless what it is. It's just some technology that somehow will. I mean, it's just like a throwaway line. What <laughs> it's it's going to do? Yeah. Back door to the yeah. internet. <laughs> yeah, back door to the internet. Everybody wants it. <laughs> All we know is it was made by an international terrorist group named Highland. Intelligence tells us they're planning a series of attacks. If we had it, we know how to stop them. So yeah, there's a drive, and it's hidden in side of a is fantasy third, football third trophy. Place, second place, second place, place <laughs> fantasy football trophy, which I love. <laughs> that, <laughs> that speaks to me because in our friend group we do give out meaningless trophies like that. I know. They kinda, <laughs> before they know there's something in it, they kind of make fun of him for keeping it, and I'm like, I would totally keep it. Like, <laughs> That's a hard like, one trophy. Yeah. <laughs> there's 14 people in our fantasy football league. Like, so second place with yes. 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 Yeah. significant yeah. significant achievement <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mila Kunis's character like she is awesome at being a spy and throughout the movie it's like she's being underestimated by so many people like her I mean her her boyfriend who thought she would be like would just like go to Vienna and give this trophy away and give it to the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, she had really good instincts. Yeah, they established really that she's a good shot. By she, in the, Early in the movie, she's at their local bar that they go to all the time, and she's playing this game that's a shooting game, and she's really good at it. Oh, she's, her name is in the high score, and she's she owns this shooting game, which, I, I mean, that's the sort of thing they would do in any movie like this with men characters to say, mm-hmm. oh, well, here's how we'll explain that there's <laughs> that these average people are somehow good at all, all the spy stuff. Uh, so I can see some <laughs> some Reddit users taking issue with that, but it's the exact same thing that they would do in a movie with male characters. Right. Uh, and she's a Trader Joe's employee, but it's not yeah. Trader Joe's. Okay. I don't remember what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like wearing, clearly Trader yeah. Joe's. She's wearing a shirt that is a slab shirt. pattern, yeah. but it's very obviously like... I like that as sort of an explanation of spy talents, too, because Trader Joe's employees are the best uh, banter. <laughs> That's true. I have a history of painful interactions with retail employees <laughs> where they always feel the need to comment on whatever I'm buying or it's just like these awkward conversations. But for some reason at Trader Joe's, I always look forward to checking out. I've never had to be like, oh, I have to go to a longer line because that guy is insufferable. <laughs> uh, so I like that established her like just people skills that she has that she must have for working at Trader Joe's type place and maybe even reading people based on like little things like what they're buying <laughs> yeah when she first meets her spy boyfriend you know, she's telling him like i've never really finished anything before like i did law school i just thought it was so cool how she just like totally in the movie came into her own as a spy yeah. and like her friend would not let her negatively talk about herself like there's a scene like where they're kate mckinnon's like you were so awesome at this can we just stop and ignore like yeah. How, yeah, you, you know, shot all those people. And, yeah. you know, shot, like, and she switched that. the trophies, too. And switched smart. the yeah. trophies. And they're um, such great friends. Like, Kate McKinnon yeah. is super best friend, who doesn't even for a second question that she's going <laughs> to ride or die, literally, with, right. <laughs> with a bitch. So. Yeah. Kate McKinnon's childhood, uh, This the guy who was... <laughs> had a crush on her, like, and was obsessed with her, is Edward Snowden. <laughs> <laughs> I want to 
went to performing arts camp with Edward Snowden. Oh, that's right. You used to date Snowden. No, no. He tried. God, he was obsessed with me. He was really into ska. When the whole thing was going down, I was like, why is no one talking about the fact that Edward Snowden is really into ska? <laughs> and I love that you kind of thought that was just going to be this weird throwaway funny detail. Like, yeah. And then it comes up later when they have the drive, but they can't access it. And it's like, oh, I know who I can call. Yeah. <laughs> and of course. <laughs> Which is another sort of trope, but with a movie that would have male characters in it that you would say, it, it, you wouldn't think twice about, you know, I don't know. But it, the way that they presented here is it's a comedy bit, but it's also serves the plot. And uh, it is the sort of convenient relationship that they would have in an act, in an, right. any action movie. Right, yeah. I know this guy. Yeah, I know this guy who's good at hacking things. <laughs> right. And he is available immediately, yeah. you know, like, I could just, like, yeah. like, well, like, how does she really, like, because she went to camp with him, but somehow she knows his phone number now. Yeah, And she doesn't even have her phone. Like, she borrows someone's phone to call him. Do you know anybody's she, number yeah. anymore? Yeah. You know, like, exactly. nobody. <laughs> so many funny things about Kate McKinnon, like how she and her parents have like this weirdly right. like she sends her mom relationship. <laughs> and she sends her mom the dick pics. Yeah, yeah, looks like a crescent roller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the good stuff is like the action and then the friendship that they have and and the comedy because they are both so funny. Yeah, yeah. they are. And I, don't know, I mean, I think Mila Kunis. Everyone knows Kate McKinnon is. One of the best things about SNL. Yeah, she but, is. But uh, I think Mila Kunis does not get comedy props the way that she should. I mean, even though she was on like a very popular, long-running sitcom, that '70s show. If you'd said let rank the people on this show in terms of funniness, a lot of people would rank her pretty low. Mm. But she, when she gets a chance to really shine, she's hilarious. She's yeah. so good. She was really good in um uh what was that movie <laughs> with Jason Siegel's penis in it? Oh right, yeah. <laughs> forgetting Sarah, Sarah Marshall. Marshall. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she was great. At, that was the first thing I really remember seeing her in, and I was like, whoa, who is this? Yeah, <laughs> I never watched that '70s show. I mean, I knew she was from that show, yeah. but I didn't watch that. And yeah, she's. I know she needs more of that, like more of the worlds like that. Right. She's in Bad Moms and was pretty funny in that, too. But that was definitely very much an ensemble. I didn't think the sequel was as good. There are some people out there who've taken notice and are Mm -hmm. casting her in comedies. But she should be in way more comedies than she is. Unless that's a personal choice. I don't know. But (laughs) I think she deserves the props that she deserves for her comedy chops. Yeah. And you know that's the thing that drives me crazy. That, like, people, like, oh, I want to be taken seriously and do more drama and all that. But I think it's so much harder to do comedy. I mean, like, anybody is serious, you know, but not everybody's funny. Comedy (laughs) is harder than drama. My husband and I say that all the time. I think we talk about it all the time. (laughs) Comedy is so hard. Especially if you mix comedy and drama, which they do in a way. I mean, it's not like there's a lot of dramatic beats, but there are definitely serious beats in this movie. Like, people do die. There's a body count. Their lives are in legit peril. Right. (laughs) Numerous times. And... They play it really well. Right. And then also, both of them have their serious moments where, like, their feelings have just been really hurt. You know, like, Kate McKinnon, obviously, when Justin Thoreau tells her she's a little much. Like, not just he says that to her in such an asshole way, but that he says it and then just walks away immediately. Like, I feel like that's the most pricky thing about that. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, you, anyone tell you you're a little much and then just walks out. And you can see later she's telling her that story and how that really, like, you can see it really genuinely hurt her feelings. And then also, Mila Kunis is throughout, 
like you can tell it's just sort of it has like a low self-esteem thing when <laughs> it is so funny when they're watching the thing about them on tv and her her mean friend is like i mean she doesn't even have a box a bed frame you know? <laughs> And okay, he's like, a box ring counts. <laughs> and you can tell that kind of thing does get to her. Yeah. You know, that she feels bad about herself, that she doesn't finish things, that she kind of hasn't really accomplished anything. And She's yeah. in a little bit of an arrested development state, which mm-hmm. is, again, another thing we see in movies with male characters all the time. Right. Where they're like, oh, this I'm this schlubby person but who's sort of failing at life. And, but here it's a, a woman <laughs> in the same situation and not schlubby in appearance necessarily. Right. She's, <laughs> that Trader Joe's outfit is not doing her any favors. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's still obviously like getting by. She's fine romantically. I like that too, that she's not like, we're not trying to say like this character is failing romantically. I mean, I mean, she gets dumped, but like Justin throws a pretty good pull, I think. Yeah. Right. <laughs> in general. Um, he can get it. <laughs> and uh, her later love interest, the spy that doesn't dump her, right. <laughs> is also, uh, he's, so I didn't know, I didn't re- recognize this guy, but he is from a very popular show called Outlander. Do you guys right. watch Outlander? Oh, I've never seen it. And everyone was saying, that we got oh, this show is so great. I'm like, I don't know what's so great about it. I watched it and I fell asleep every time. <laughs> so then it'd be that thing where I was like, well, you just have to watch a couple episodes, get into it. So then I'd skip ahead. Because it's either, like, I could f- probably figure out what's going on. Again, I'd fall asleep, like, ten minutes into every episode. It oh, was wow. just a narcotic for me. So I gave up. But yeah, if I, I ever have trouble sleeping again, I can just turn it on. <laughs> right. It won't be a problem. Yeah, I don't know. I know a lot of people are into that show, but I feel like everybody that's into that show, it's because they were really into the book series. And now it's, like, the show of the book series. But I don't know okay. if it has any... It's not something I ever... It's just not, like, my... I mean, TV, I'm, like, hardly ever watch anything, but... I didn't read those books either because it's kind of like fantasy. It's just not like my thing. It's like, well, yeah. I think it's fantasy, right? It is. Well, there's a time travel element to it. So that's why I kept trying to stick with it because I am obsessed with time travel movies and shows and... Uh, my favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future, so I'm just I'm willing to give anything with time tra- a time travel element to it a, a shot, a really good shot. And I tried so hard with this one, and it's so boring. But people find this man very hot. Yeah, <laughs> I see it. yeah. He's not he's not sure. my type, but uh, yeah, he's not yeah. mine. But I mean, yeah, he's objectively mm-hmm. speaking. Yes. <laughs> And he's very charming in this movie. Yeah. I loved Jillian uh, Anderson as the CIA <laughs> boss. Oh and uh, she was just so, like, more The Beyonce of the government. Beyonce yeah, <laughs> is an angel on this earth. Yeah. And Kate McKinnon's reaction to her is uh, accurate. It's right. just, that's what you, any human person would do in the presence right. of Jillian Anderson. That's one of my favorite lines <laughs> in the whole movie is when she's like, my respect for you has circled all the oh, way yeah. back to objectification. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait. This is your boss. You're the boss? We have a real-life Judy Dench in our midst. Why have we been spending all of this time talking to the men when this being has been floating through the halls of the building? Oh, my God. I have so much respect for you that it has circled around into objectification. (laughs) That's such a perfect way to describe Julie Anderson in general. Her character in this, she's playing like uh, like the head of MI6. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 
And I think it's accurate for the actress as well. I love the action scenes in the movie. Like, just like, there were so many great chase scenes. Like, the car chase <laughs> scene where they, they get picked up by the Uber driver. Yeah. And he's like, I'm a DJ. And, like, then trying to, like, I don't know. I guess, like, the driver, uh, he was like, I, I just took so much meth. There's a bunch of men chasing us with guns, and I need you to lose them. Now. Fuck yeah! I smoked so much meth before. Right! Fear is an illusion! It's hilarious, yeah, it's also like, like a little bit accurate because yeah. if you've ever gone to a cab in Europe, it's terrifying. Yeah, <laughs> and like he just really goes right with it when it's like, oh, by the way, we're being chased by a bunch of people with guns. Like, all right, it's on, we're yeah, doing yeah. this. Yeah. Like, he's prepared for that. I mean, yeah. I love right before that, how first they try to steal somebody's car. Get the fucking car! Get the car! That car! That's not our car! Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Okay, we're sorry. Oh, shit. It's a stick. Do you know how to drive a stick? No! No! Which one's the brake? I don't know. There's something. How do I change the fucking gear? How does your car work? I'm so sorry. It's an emergency. Oh my god. Oh god. Oh god. Oh, oh. Okay. Get out. That scene is so funny. <laughs> it's going so slow. <laughs> and they do that because, they, you know, that's the thing that they've seen in spy movies, I think. Because right. they're like, oh, we're supposed to steal someone's car right now. Right. Uh, yeah, and then they're like, oh, it's a stick shift. We can't drive stick. And they're just, like, very slowly going yeah. down. Like, okay, let's get out. They crash in slow motion in a hilarious way. I love their slow motion stand. crash. And then they're just like, sorry, 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 sorry. Right, right. That's, like, where it's, like, the ladies stop. Comedy is where they're like, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> the torture scene. Oh, I think oh, I liked yeah. about her skills and then surprise skills. They early on established that Audrey is a bad liar. So they're very, then they get interrogated by this scary Russian gymnast lady, Ukrainian <laughs> yeah. gymnast, yeah. <laughs> gymnast lady. Uh, and you think, oh, well, she's already been established as a bad liar. There, she's just going to give up the goods right there, and it's it's not going to go well. Later on, you you find out that she turns out she's a great liar. Right. Well, I feel like she figured it out. Like, you know, like when she said, "I can't lie, I give too many details," which I noticed was also yeah. a line in books. It is. It really is. I guess uh, I wonder if that's true of right. <laughs> That's her little trademark. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, and, you know, Morgan is telling you, yeah, you give too many details. Like, ask me something. Oh, I just bought a boat, and I'm out. And <laughs> I feel like you see her. There was something else where later where she was giving too many. I think the mean friend is asking, where's where's Drew? And she has kind of a convoluted story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so she kind of learned, like, just say your thing and just stick with it and don't go into a bunch of detail. And she just keeps saying, oh, I flushed it down the toilet. That's it. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Um, so my favorite thing about that whole thing is then you find out because they want the flash drive and then she says she flushed it down the toilet and then later she's like oh actually she's added this whole time because she hid it in her vagina (laughs) which I just love how that's like this big flip I'm like like that's a lady's spy you know like um, that is something I think a woman would just do and do kind of like casually like like, you know like it made me think of how in Pulp Fiction there's that whole big thing about oh this watch was up my 
grandma's oh, yeah. ass and he stuck it, you know, and it was yeah. such a big hardship that someone had something in their ass and, you know, she's like, oh yeah, it's been in my vagina this whole time, yeah. <laughs> you know. She's like, you get used to it. Really, yeah. a flash drive is, uh, I mean, smaller than a tampon in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was a believable yeah. element to me, you yeah. know, because for, and she's trying to swallow it or yeah. she's trying to swallow it and they can't. trying can. to swallow it and she's, yeah, she's, because that's always a thing in spy movies too where they're just like, oh, I effortlessly swallowed it's not that easy to swallow things that aren't small and coated and gelatin so yeah I like that they try to do a thing they've seen in spy movies and it was impossible (laughs) so they're like well what's the solution to this okay well we've got some orifices we can work with here yeah and I thought it was just a funny little play on can women do things or you know or also women are just voting Mm -hmm. with their vaginas or something like that she just really literally used her vagina to like be a better spy (laughs) (laughs) there's a long running gag on Broad City do you guys watch Broad City Oh, yeah. Uh, where uh, uh, one of the characters, Alana, is always hiding things in her vagina. She's always hiding yeah. weed in her vagina. Yeah. And there's a line that I think about all the time that the vagina is nature's pocket. Nature's pocket. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's all alkaline in there. and <laughs> <laughs> It can't get too high up in there because of the cervix. So yeah, it's great. It's perfect. Yeah, you, yeah. you can kind it of easily get, yeah. get whatever you put in there back out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did she put it in a baggie first, though? Because that's important. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think she did. No, it was Because remember, like... he said there's something on here, and oh, she's yeah. like, oh, sorry, we're not perfectly waxed porn stars. Yes. <laughs> okay, well, that's unbelievable, then, because I think that the, the fluids would short out oh, the hard yeah, yeah. that drive very quickly, but... Mm, that's pr- yeah. <laughs> Where was the script supervisor for that one? Right. <laughs> well, you know, it was this very, very special spy <laughs> flash drive yeah. thing, yeah. <laughs> It's waterproof. Right. <laughs> the scene where they tried to get Morgan to swallow it, like they they were at his supposed to be Morgan's dad's friend Roger in Europe, and it's oh, like yeah. Roger's been killed, and this is like some evil guy. He's Maria Bamford's agent in Lady Dynamite. Yes, He's hilarious this is a character actor. Uh, Fred Melamed is yeah. His, yeah, he he often plays this sort of creepy old he, dude. Yeah, yeah, he's really good at it too. Yeah, he's, like, these old guys, they just like flock to me. Like, yeah. They, they love me. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> somehow, like, yeah, I guess Morgan ends up being. He drugged. does seem like he's into her, though. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. He's like, totally like it was like a total Me Too movement <laughs> in that. <laughs> and then, um, so I like how she's using that to her advantage because it's probably something that's yeah. given her lots of anguish over the years. But in this case, she's like, okay, well. Part of being a spy is turning that on its head. Morgan's parents are played by Paul Reiser and Jane Curtin. Right, which is oh, amazing. Yeah, they're amazing. I have never had a special fondness for Paul Reiser, but I love him in this. The whole thing is that Morgan's parents are magic and awesome and will forgive anything at all that you do when she's telling him, well, Audrey killed someone, but it was self-defense. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I killed someone, but it was assassin. Also fine. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the SNL pedigree, too, of Jane Curtin being there. She was the, yeah. one of the first. Yeah, She's she original in the OG cast. Yeah. Like, she has had, like, a pretty impressive, solid career. She was on Kate and Allie. Like, it's, like, mm-hmm. rare that people have, like, more than one successful show that they're on. But, like, she had that long-running show. That's and then true. she was on Third Rock from the Sun. Yes. Oh, yeah. Which That's also ran for a long time. Like, she did pretty well for... 
you know, if you compare to the other original cast members, like, or just in yeah. general, like someone who has a lot of his success on one show. And um, she was in one of the only SNL sketches turned movies that worked for me, which was the Coneheads. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that. that is also very underrated. Very funny. It transcends the sketch itself, and it's sort of, it's like an immigration story. Oh, cool. Uh, and it holds up. We got to talk about the Harvard guy just because I love him. Oh, yeah. Oh. Just it, I mean, there's not really that much to yeah. say, but just, I love how when one of the other one of the other spies when they're telling her your boyfriend is a spy and you know one of his cover stories with some podcast he has in the guy's life <laughs> I mean I wouldn't even listen to that and I went to Harvard and <laughs> like, yeah. the guy, other guy's like didn't even take you two minutes to mention that it's like it's relevant you know but uh, I love that. Like, yeah. That was a very fun detail to me, the thing of like how someone who went to Harvard is going to make sure to mention it. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was a good podcast joke, too. She says, I'm not 100% sure what it was about, like jazz and economics. Oh. Did you guys see Shrill, like where the guy has the her like loser boyfriend has a podcast called Talking Trash? Yes. <laughs> It's all things Alcatraz. <laughs> I do like podcast jokes. Even yeah. though I like podcasts, and there's just so many of them, that it's, yeah. it's rife for comedy. Yeah, yeah. same with blogs. You know, yeah. like I like a lot of blogs, and once in a while I do my own blog, but it is something you can make fun of a lot. You know? Yeah. <laughs> One note I took is when they're, when they're burning all this stuff, they, she's making fun of him for having a list of all the best breakfast burritos in town, and uh, <laughs> this has a great egg to tortilla ratio. Oh. I was like, I feel like that's something Jessica would do. Like, maybe not specific to breakfast burritos, but, like, I didn't think that was weird, having a list of places. That's also a very Laura thing, I think, too, would be. Laura would have that with both places. Like, this place has the best broth, and this place has the best meat-to-broth ratio or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I might yeah. Not. When they're making fun of his stuff, yeah. I was like, I would keep that trophy. I, I, I was fine. Skid <laughs> <laughs> marks on the underwear. Too. I saw the problem. Yeah. So this was called a lunchtime poll. When they first meet, it's like a very charming little banter over the jukebox, yeah. picking the worst song on the jukebox. I like that game. Yeah. yeah. The, we'll pick the worst song on a jukebox is a good game, and I think it'd be a fun game to play too when you're about to leave somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, the crash test dummies. I, that's probably one that I would have picked. Uh, I was like, that, that was a bad the song, song of the nineties, like, maybe of all time. It's actually it's not of all time, but it was. <laughs> Definitely very bad. It's, uh, yeah. I think Smash Mouth probably wrote one oh, yeah. of all time. Yeah, the the British spy, he's like, I was there, and the, the worst song was definitely John Mayer, Body is Wonderland. Your body is Wonderland. <laughs> She's like, I lost my virginity to that song. <laughs> that's yeah. probably a very true yeah. detail, though. I feel like yeah, that's in the 90s. Big, yeah. Or the the Dave Matthews song that this oh, lady Crash. Crash in the oh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. I, th- I think the there's game. a like yeah there's a specific age range of people that could relate to that line I think of losing their virginity to mm. a song like that. Although I didn't have music on when I lost my virginity. I, didn't either, no. I feel like I don't know anybody personally. Right, <laughs> like let's mm. set the scene and the soundtrack. <laughs> okay. I, I mean, in college I did go through a period of like having mood music on, but I. It didn't feel right to me. It always felt too contrived. (laughs) That might be something that is really just a movie thing and not a real life thing. Even just like a couple having a song. Because it's like you... 
literally had to choose a song to represent your love for a wedding. But if you're just a couple, how would you decide? How would you go about decide? Did you sit down and have a meeting? Like, <laughs> yeah. what's our song? And how right. do you just, what are the parameters? Right. <laughs> right. I mean, I definitely have songs that remind me of exes, but not because they were our song, just because they're moments in the relationship. But either like, when I heard the song, I thought of the person, or we listened to it together and enjoyed it, but we never were like, all right, this is it. We're putting it down. Let's laminate it. (laughs) This is our song. Yeah. And I decided... (laughs) Yeah. 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 Okay. So this is something that both movies have in common. The director had the actors bond in a way before the movie. So for The Spy Who Dumped Me... Susanna Fogel had all the main characters go to an escape room. Which I oh, and apparently wow. in oh, the escape fun. room, Mila Kunis took charge and <laughs> nailed it. Nice. Wow. So I like that. That was before they even shot the movie that she was like already proving her, her uh, worth as a real life spy, I suppose. <laughs> and then for Book Smart, they had the two leads live together for a while, which I oh, think wow. is great. Oh, whoa. And That's so they really, they level. have a great rapport there. They do. Well, the one other spy dummy thing that I wrote down is the scene um, where they're being tortured by the gymnasts and they're saying like we don't keep secrets and they're telling each other secrets and that like I love that scene um, <laughs> like that would be so so fun to do I mean not while being tortured but like if you had some like contest where it's like who knows the most about each other yeah. or who knows the most secrets of the other I really enjoyed that like, and that was also just like such a, a good another piece of like how it's such a good friendship movie you know because like they just really you know, so often in movies and TV, especially, I think like people act like they don't like their friends, or they're always dunking on their friends, yeah. and it's like I don't know, don't people actually like their friends and yeah, you know right. lift yeah. them up and you know know things about each other? I'm hoping that well, that's fallen out of favor because it seems like there's been a lot of shows recently that don't do that anymore. But certainly the very popular shows like uh, Always Sunny, I never got into that show because it would come on. I forget what show I would watch that came on after it, but I would always see like the last 20 seconds of Always sunny and every episode ended with them yelling at each other (laughs) and then the league i really liked a lot about the league but i hated the fact that nobody seemed to like each other how can you guys be friends and just constantly rip on each other and not even just rip on each other but actively sabotage each other's lives oh geez yeah (laughs) i prefer supportive friendships that's i mean i think those are the that's what we like about both of these movies Mm -hmm. is that they're supportive friendships so the sort of friendships that we have so the secrets that they share are slightly embarrassing but they're not like oh my life would be over if people knew this about me yeah then it's not malicious or yeah (laughs) i'm trying to think of like some other like really good female friendship movies and i'm having a hard time oh yeah you know and like uh, (laughs) that's the whole point yeah (laughs) it's always like couched in some really like big tragedy like Steel Magnolias, <laughs> Julia Roberts' death, Thelma and Louise, like, mm-hmm. where they, they end up killing right. themselves. Right, it starts again. out with her, like, almost getting raped, and then it right. ends with and them both like, dying. Yeah. Like, female parents. Exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, right. That's yeah, what has to happen if you're right. a strong woman. You have to die. Yeah. You have to get raped and die. Right. Yeah. They're just two best friends who are on an adventure together, and it's the kind of, again, it's the kind of thing you see in movies with male characters all the time, and, and why don't we have more of these movies why is it so hard to think of other ones right Right. yeah that was the impetus for the feminist movie club was because you know we were just like we want to support these movies that are being made right we're voting with our dollars and even the ones that no 
aren't that great. We still just want want to counter that people were interested in seeing these movies, and mm-hmm. so please keep making them so that right. we have more examples than just one or two. Just, I love how right now all these awesome female actors from the 90s are getting these awesome roles. Did you guys ever see Dead to Me? Christina Applegate has a show. Oh, I heard that was really good. It's really good. And like Winona Ryder is like coming back after being blacklisted (laughs) for like... For shoplifting. Shoplifting, right. There's a theory that there was more to it than that, but I don't know what it is. I've just heard that, I mean, that it, that it had to have been more than that because mm-hmm. there's just, it's just such an innocuous thing that she did. Yeah, right. it doesn't make well, any sense. Right, well, now I feel like like you question, like, any career trouble that a woman had for a period of time or got labeled difficult or something is like, now you just question, like, what really happened there? Mm. Did she just turn down Harvey Weinstein so you know oh, yeah. um, there's a lot of women where I'm like I want to hear their side of the story yeah. of women that like Sean Young Sean you know Young, oh this crazy person and it's like by James Woods who's mm-hmm. like such a raging <laughs> asshole like I definitely want to hear her version for sure whatever happened there and it's like really nice to know that they are making more roles for women with Winona Ryder I mean like some people could argue she lost all of these money making years of mm-hmm. roles because she was young you know and now, now she's, she's old really yeah. now she's old <laughs> and put out to you know play right. the mom role now there's actually some movies coming out with like female actors in their 40s and 50s it's awesome so I'm, I'm excited for that yeah, what sort of movies would we want to see Winona Ryder in? I was trying to imagine her in an, an action comedy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if she's great at physical comedy, though. Yeah. One of the reasons that this movie, but actually both of these movies work so well, is because the leads are great physical comedians. Mm-hmm. They really sell that. I mean, Kate McKinnon... She can just do anything. She can do anything. Yeah. <laughs> she's incredible. It's, the, the dialogue is the kind of thing where it couldn't, it could have failed in the hands of lesser actors. It, like you said, if the plot itself doesn't hold up to scrutiny, so you really need charisma to sell what's happening at any given moment. The, uh, yeah, the, the physical part was, it was really fun to watch. Them together, working together on the, like, the chase scenes and the, <laughs> the restaurant scene with the yeah. handoff. And then uh, Morgan doing, like, trapeze in the end. Like, I need to go up here in order to make this happen. Yeah. It's, like, angling to be this trapeze star. Uh, That's what's hilarious, that they both dyed their hair. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To be disguised, but then it's like, wait, we're still one blonde and one brunette. <laughs> oh, anything. That reminds me of one of my favorite scenes, which was the, there's a sniper who is told to find <laughs> two American, oh, two yeah, American and she pans around the square with her scope and she there's just it's just filled with one blonde and one brunette obnoxious american and various states of uh, (laughs) obnoxiousness one is like crying on some stairs and one is throwing up and her friend is holding her hair back and And then the you know porno-y selfie taker yeah (laughs) like molesting ancient statues taking the piss out of american tourism one thing a special thing about this movie for me is the scene in the restaurant when they're supposed to find a guy someone named Vern and 
when Kate McKinnon's in the bathroom, like the lady has a Vern name tag. <laughs> Guten Morgen. And she's like, Guten Vern. <laughs> <laughs> and then she comes out and she's trying to signal to her, like, that's not Vern, yeah. the person she's about to give the thing to. And she's like, trying to mouth it and signal her. And then she oh, just yes. shouts, that's not Vern. <laughs> that's not Vern! I took that as a little midnight run call I was back. Say, you know, with the yeah. very Serrano's got the discs, which you know is my favorite scene of any movie ever. Yes. So. so we can move on right, to yeah. Booksmart, which is a 2019 comedy, very recent, directed by <laughs> Olivia Wilde. Hey. Oh shit! Woo. Are we gonna go to school or? Nope. What's two plus two? Isn't it crazy that it's the last day of school? We have to go to a party tonight. What? Nobody knows that we are fun. We didn't party because we wanted to focus on school and get into good colleges. And it worked. But the irresponsible people who partied also got into those colleges. I'm incredible at hand jobs, but I also got a 1560 on the SATs. We haven't done anything. We haven't broken any rules. Name one person whose life was so much better because they broke a couple of rules. Picasso. He broke art rules. Rosa Parks. Name another Susan one. Susan B. Anthony. God damn it. Susanna Fogel wrote this with Emily Halpern, Sarah Haskins, and Katie Silverman. But yeah, I think that she does have some signature moments that you can say that's probably a Fogel line, like you were saying about the being a bad liar. When the characters compliment each other, that's, I mean, that happens. Oh, right, yeah. Yeah, that's... Spy on me a lot, <laughs> which is great. I mean, and that's, again, that's like a true female friendship moment because why wouldn't you why wouldn't you compliment your best friends all the time right I know something like I always wonder like how do men know that their friends like them because you know like you (laughs) hang out with your women friends you're like oh that's so pretty (laughs) (laughs) and then it's like hey I mean my husband compliments his friends and vice versa it happens I've seen it I don't know. We might have unusual. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a very, very high-functional friend group, I would say. Yeah, you know. that's true. I mean, so we're not we're not segregated by gender generally either. I mean, I definitely right. have my ladies, but uh, we, we hang out as a mixed gender group all the time, and it's fine, and no one's, like, breaking off to talk about shopping and sports. And right. <laughs> Booksmart is about uh, two best friends who are also uh, the, maybe among the smartest kids in the club, from their perspective, they're the smartest kids in their graduating class. They're seniors in high school. Uh, it's one day before graduation, the last day of school. The valedictorian, Molly, played by Beanie Feldstein, is going to the bathroom and she overhears uh, some some of the popular kids in the bathroom, and it's, a, it's an all-gender restroom, talking about her and how she is cute but but she's a butter personality. (laughs) She comes out and she's like, well, I'm going to let you guys have it because I'm going to an Ivy League school next year and you guys are going to be washing cars or whatever. And that's when she learns that somehow everyone in her graduating class is going to an Ivy League school or at least a very good school, except for one guy who is not going to college because he was recruited by Google. Right. And she has... Mid-six figures. Yeah. (laughs) 
And she has a meltdown because she's like, well, what have I, what did I do with my high school life if they were able to party and get good grades? Uh, why wasn't I? So we have to make this last night of high school count, is what she tells her best friend, Amy. And that's, so then they're off on a mission to find the, this party uh, where all the popular kids are going to be. It's a rager, and they want to be there, and they want to experience what it's like to party before they go off to college. So, what do we like about this movie? <laughs> <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> I loved their friendship and how funny they were. I mean, I just thought they were both so funny. And for me, it was like... There, I felt a lot like it was like if me and Laura were friends when we were in high school. Like she had like such a uh, Molly had such a Laura vibe, you know, and just was like, who allowed you to take my breath away? Like, she sounds a little bit angry when she's giving you a compliment. No, 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 not acceptable. This is not okay. Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to be this beautiful? Who allowed you to take my breath? Away. Uh, I, I mean, I just really loved that. I mean, I just thought this movie was just so funny. It's just how funny people are with each other. Like when um, Amy first comes to pick her up in the morning and they're just like standing there dancing. <laughs> yeah. like, We're just going to do this all day. We're not going to school. <laughs> I love that scene too because I love how it starts off with this music and then uh, the music drops away and they're still <laughs> dancing for a long time yeah. with no music. And they're hilarious. Various dancers. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm always a sucker for funny dancing yes. in a movie. Anytime that happens. I love random musical numbers. I love funny dancing. And there's funny dancing later on, too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the musical number with her, like, where they finally make it to the party... And, you know, her and Nick, her crush, have that long... She, she has a fantasy yeah, sequence fantasy. where, yeah, where yeah. the party turns into, like, a, a blue-lit jungle. <laughs> oh, <it's laughs> and like they do this funny interpretive dance for a minute. And then it stops and you realize she's just sort of having this fantasy. It's so it's such a cute relationship that they have. They're very supportive of each other. It's clear that they spend a lot of time together. I had a friend in college who... She She's still my friend, but uh, my very best friend in college. My relationship with her reminds me of these two friends, too. Just two friends who are always, like, hanging out together and just goofing off, and they have all these inside jokes, and their lives are just very intertwined. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had that with my friend in college. I didn't have that in high school. I had a very mean best friend in high school. <laughs> and, of course, it had a little bit of a codependence to it, which they address. That's, mm-hmm. like, their main, their one issue that they have is that there's a bit of a codependence there. They're about to sort of have to break up because they're going off to college and one of them is uh, Amy's going to Botswana but it's not Uganda yeah. <laughs> uh, for a year before she comes back and goes to college so one of them is is gay and the other one is straight and they're best friends that's it's not even like a thing it doesn't have to be a plot point. It doesn't have to be a... Yeah. Like, her know, coming out is it's not totally a... totally normal. Yeah. And they're friends, and Molly's encouraging Amy to pursue the one girl who she's been crushing on for a really long time. It's just, like, normal teenage stuff, and she's... And you it's know. not like the lesbian is secretly in love right. with Molly, yeah. you know, like which I think mm-hmm. would have been if it was if this was something that was made like when I was a teenager. If there were two women, you know that mm-hmm. it would definitely have been like the predatory lesbian who's in love with the innocent yeah. straight girl, right? Know? Yeah, and I I love that they they have like the special like the calling Malala uh, moments mm-hmm. in the movie, like that's sort of like the hail mary of friendship for them. I'm 
calling Malala, uh, you know, the right. first time. You're it's only like, allowed one a year. Yeah, yeah, you're only allowed <laughs> one a year, and, and Molly uses it to uh, go to the party to see Nick. Like, we are going to this party. Yeah. And then in the end, Amy calls Malala, and it, it doesn't work out so well. But like, I just like like how much they know each other and have, like, this, like code with each other. Yeah, they have a friendship shorthand, which is yeah. very realistic for female besties. <laughs> the other thing was like um, that I thought was interesting, like when they finally get to the party, it's like all of those kids that were the popular party kids, they're all like, oh, we always wanted you to party with us. I kind of wonder if that would have been like accurate because when I was in high school, I went like I went to like a a big like rager party on spring break and it was just like a weird experience for me they they clearly like molly like she's like upset also that she hasn't partied but like no one knows we're fun is what right. she says yeah like, wanting everybody else to like think you're cool or you're fu- or, you know i don't know like she's right but you know like you're they would like me if they got to know me yeah <laughs> clearly like they're they're cool, but there was some, like, idea that they had, like, they had to be the studious ones, because that meant they were going to be successful, or... Yeah, you know, so like it was more of, like, a competition for them, especially, I think, for Molly, who ends up being the valedictorian, so she's like, I won, I'm the smartest kid in school, categorically. But yeah, I think they felt a certain obligation to win, when it wasn't really about winning, it's just about enjoying your life, I guess. Yeah. Shut up. Hot probs is on. Oh, shit, yeah. And this is a criticism that I've read about this movie, but I don't think it's a problem, but uh, <laughs> is that it's not realistic, right? This is like a fantasy high school mm-hmm. where everyone gets along and it's very diverse and nobody's teased for being overweight right, yeah, right. and nobody's teased for anything. Nobody's teased for being a minority of any kind. But you know what? I don't think it's a problem because we have plenty of movies that are realistic about <laughs> people being tormented in high school. Yeah, yeah. When I think about movies that I want to show my kid, I don't want to show her that like exactly. being a teenager sucks ass because she yeah. already will know that when she's a teenager right i definitely feel like i definitely notice that i feel like they're kind of nicer than people are in high school mm-hmm. you know but then i also think i mean for me i feel like it's middle school junior high are the years where the the kids are really shitty to each other you know and then yeah. when you're getting to the end of high school like everyone's i feel like has kind of settled down and then i also think there is like you know a shift change that sort of happened lucy uh my daughter <laughs> she's in middle school and she kind of developed a little bit early and i mean for me i remember like the girls who developed early it's like there was so much it was like a laser beam on them of boobs yeah. and um like i just asked her once while i'm like oh do you know do, do boys like ever make comments about girls and their boobs and stuff. And she looked at me like, what? Like, who would do such a thing? I mean, maybe it is possible that things have changed or there are schools where kids are not, like, so relentlessly mean. There's some meanness in this movie, but it is pretty mild. And it's not celebrated either. Right. Yeah. I have to kill Molly. And I know it'll haunt me. I'm a peaceful person. That's very true. (laughs) Wait, are you guys talking about Molly Davidson? She's cute. You know, yeah, I give her that, but it's like a filing cabinet down here. Well, I got no problem. Molly's like a butterface for personality. Right, like even when they're talking about Molly, like I love there's not an issue about Molly's weight, where it's like, can you imagine a character like that? Not that she's so gigantic or anything, but a character like that 
in a high school movie that mm-hmm. came out when we were in high school. There would not be a scene with that character where there wasn't like a mention of her weight. I hope that the cultural landscape is changing. I did go to a uh, a movie high school in a way that where there were there were very popular kids who were dicks, and I was the loser with a couple <laughs> other kids, and we were tormented, and shit happened to us all the time. When I tell uh, the stories to my husband and other people, they're like, "That's." crazy (laughs) like they can't believe that I did go to like basically a movie high school but uh I did and I'm glad that that might not be the experience for kids growing up now I hope it's better for kids now we're getting I mean I don't want the breakfast club to be the reality for (laughs) for children today I also heard the movie was criticized for not really representing economic disparity so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are two characters who they call the 1% because they are very, very rich. <laughs> One of them has a yacht that he has a party on. The people that catered his party also did Sasha Obama. <laughs> yeah, 16. that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then the other characters all seem pretty middle to upper class as well. Yeah, although I still feel like maybe they're sort of hinted at with Molly, like she lives in an apartment, which, yeah. you know. That's true. Like when they pull up to her place. We never see her parents either, do we? No. I, I feel like she mentions her mom a little bit. I mean, like for me growing up, like that would be, if someone lived in mm-hmm. an apartment in that house, you know, like yeah. that's, I mean, that's a big difference. Yeah, and like but, all the kids are going to like Harvard and Stanford and whatever. They're all going to some expensive school. I'm like, whose high school is this? And then, like, the house they're at, the party is like this. It looks like Jackie Treehorn's Hollywood house or something. And And it has a pool. It's a huge house, yeah. It's like, I think it's his aunt's house. So he doesn't live there, but... He definitely, his family, somebody in his family has money, but I don't know where, yeah. where he lives. Yeah. Um, it kind of reminded me of Clueless in some ways, too. Yeah. It does have a public school vibe, but it's a public school populated by mostly kids who are doing fine economically. Right. Well, and to me, like, I feel like that's true. Like, in wealthier towns, the rich kids go to public schools because that's why the families moved there, because it's a part of it, that it's a good oh, school sure. district. I grew up in, like, a wealthy town, and, like, it was almost like a stigma if somebody went to private school. Like, going to private school meant you kind of screwed up and couldn't handle oh. regular school. Or, you know, <laughs> like, I mean, God, I can't even imagine how much Yale must cost. Yeah, I know. You know. And no one talks about getting a scholarship or anything. Right. Uh, I mean, I'm, Well, the one kid said he's going to play soccer at Stanford, which might be some... It might be an athletic scholarship. Yeah. I like the the drama kids. They think they have found the house party, but it's really the drama kid party. It's a murder, it's a murder mystery, mystery party. Murder yeah. mystery party, and they get handed scripts. And Alan's like, "You're the Baron Orthodontist." Yes. <laughs> She's She's like, like, why is my Baron? No, why is it Baron? I mean, I remember like reading plays and, and things like that in high school. Being Baron was like a, baron, a big descriptor, yeah. like as if you're like a, a farm animal right. or something. Like, it what is that? Yeah, it gives me like a visual of yeah. like a dusty uterus. <laughs> <laughs> I know. 
That's I mean I that's know. kind of a commentary on character descriptions in scripts, I think, of women. because uh, yeah. it's always about their their appearance or their ability to give birth to children. Those yeah. are like the two it is like describing livestock, isn't it? Yeah, like it can really you is. can you breed and are you pretty? There's something else besides <laughs> like Baron that he says. Stuff. It's like yeah. grumpy baron or the yeah. she looks at she's like, This just says orthodontic. Yeah. And, and then, I like that he tricks them into going there. Right. <laughs> and then what I had never noticed when I just watched it again the other night. They get to that party and then they find out they they were drugged at the previous party and then they have that weird hallucination where they're like Barbie dolls. What the fuck? What is happening? <laughs> Why do you look like that? Uh, Molly, you're a fucking doll. No, you're a fucking doll. What? Ow! Boobs are too heavy. I have no core. Our legs don't bend. They're twice as long as our torsos. These proportions are insane. And I had never noticed till this time that when they're Barbie dolls, they're dressed as the characters they are. Like, she's dressed as a farm girl. She's, like, in a, like, little nurse's outfit. Like, you're a farm girl and you're an orthodontist, and they're... That's the little costumes they're in. I only... This was the third time I saw it. Noticed that. (laughs) Amy's, like, so into having his Barbie body. Yeah, Yeah. she's got the Barbie body and, like, I see why people like this. You know. Oh, my God. Um, what the fuck am I wearing? Where's my badge? Uh, Molly, I have no genitals. How do I pee? How do I shit? I mean, I don't even have nipples. These are just mounts. My whole body's like a fucking dolphin. Just, just perfect, round, huge mounts. What? Look at my body. I am beautiful. No, don't get sucked in. This is our nightmare, Amy. I know this is unrealistic and bad for women, but is it bad? Because I feel pretty good. I mean, this ass won't quit. Amy, use your brain! I don't need to use my brain. I just need to be smooth and flexible. Look at you, you bad bitch. Okay, that's it. We have to wake up. My, my, my. Mm. I think I might, like, actually stay here for a while. No, I won't let you do it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. You need to throw up. Let me have this body. One of the lift drivers that picks them up ends up being their principal. <laughs> that was funny. Which is, that's played by Jason Sudeikis, who is Olivia Wilde's husband. Um, and also from SNL, but yeah, <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Mr. Olivia Mr. Wilde. Wilde. And so they, I think they start saying something in Spanish, but then he speaks Spanish. So then they are like, okay, well, I guess we have to talk in Chinese then. And he doesn't speak <laughs> Chinese, fortunately. And they're trying to talk about uh, what they're going to do when they get to the party because Amy has never made out with a girl before. Oh, you're about to sit here and judge me for dabbling in pornography. I thought you were a sex positive feminist. Are you insane? Principal Brown is right there. I have headphones. Four feet away from I us. have headphones, madam. All right, but once we get a sense of the mechanics, I am shutting it off real quick. Of course. It's for educational purposes. Educational and they're already plugged into his uh, system because he has a phone charger. Their phone is dying. <laughs> if you guys want to listen to your music, I can just plug it in up here. No! 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 Oh, that's fucking hot.
Was that Cardi B? <laughs> that was funny to me because it's it's like kind of a little inverse how if guys are learning sex from porn mm-hmm. like they're they're not getting a good idea right, of yeah. you know what to do how to do things like what a what a partner is really gonna like and then they're like let's watch some lesbian porn to figure out how lesbians do it a guy could not really learn sex from straight porn but like can a can a girl learn well, my you know, question be more is, accurate. what did they find? Because right. there's definitely, like, lesbian quotes porn that is not, you know, that's the male fantasy of lesbian porn. And then there's real lesbian porn. And if she'd never looked at it before, I wonder, because if you just Google lesbian porn, guess what you're going to get? You're going to get the straight male fantasy. You have to get recommendations from other lesbians to find the good porn. <laughs> so I don't know what they were looking at, but I suspect that it wasn't helpful in any way. <laughs> But I like how they touch on that earlier when she said something about scissoring, and he was like, "That's not a thing. <laughs> Don't knock it till you do." <laughs> really, not a thing. Do the same part she does. You just take what you do to yourself, flip it upside down. Mm, I don't, I don't it's just a down, but a flip. I don't. A down flip. What if I don't use my hands? You can make yourself come using only your mind. No. That's like the one thing my mind can't do. No. Well, I use just other stuff. <sighs> a book? No. Very Freudian, but I'd worry about paper cuts. No. Can we just stop talking about this? A oh. little elephant? No, stop. That weird crochet pig. My grandma gave me that right before she died. If you don't tell me what it is, you know I'm going to get it. It's the panda. It's a panda, okay? The panda. I love that, how they just matter-of-factly reference masturbating earlier when Amy's saying she doesn't know really how to do it with a girl. (laughs) She's really very unhelpful with her suggestions. (laughs) But I do like that they just refer to, like, that assumption, of course, Mm -hmm. you masturbate, you know, like, which... Ladies don't really do that. <laughs> right. And if you don't have a lot of experience watching porn, then you're going to use whatever. Quick question. Just a quick cue. What happened to her eye? That fell off way before anything happened between us. Did she talk dirty to you? Mm-mm. Tell you about how she's in danger. No! Stop! Do pandas roar? Stop! <laughs> you sneaky little bitch! I can't believe you didn't tell me that you have been mounting that tragic panda every single night. Yeah. Later on, her parents are like, oh, are you bringing this panda to college? And then they yes. start cuddling and kissing it. <laughs> like, Stop. Everyone's, like, horrified. That's uh, another thing. I love Amy's parents. They're so supportive, like, even right. though they're like, I love Christian, they're... naive Christian oh, right. supportive parents. Yeah. And I love that they're Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte. Yeah. I especially love Lisa Kudrow. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, I'm a Will Forte super fan for sure. Oh, so nice. I, I definitely yeah. appreciate his goofy delivery. Wait, did you think yeah. he was hot though? Oh yeah. When I first met my husband, I thought, oh, he looks oh. like Will Forte. <laughs> oh, okay. like someone who I have a major crush on. Yep. Oh, mm-hmm. interesting. Last minute. <laughs> now I'm like, I don't know yeah. how to react. <laughs> you, Amy, uh, off mic, you were talking about how the casting of this movie is great because these are all all these young up and coming actors are people who seem like they're going to be super famous in a couple years. I found out in my research that the casting director for this was also the casting director on Freaks and Geeks. Oh, wow. <laughs> nice. Yes. yes. Alison Jones, and she also cast The Good Place and oh, Scott nice. Pilgrim. And oh, <laughs> oh, my God. God, yeah. Scott Pilgrim is a treasure. <laughs> yeah. She does have a, an eye for talent. When we first saw Booksmart, it made me think of like 
like when you watch Fast Times or Dazed and Confused, like all the people who were unknown then, but then became a big deal. I didn't know anybody in this movie. I mean, I guess Beanie Feldstein a little bit. I mean, of the young people, I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. I, I knew uh, Caitlin Deaver from Justified, oh, <laughs> but okay. it was a very, very different role. I mean, it was a very serious. She didn't have a single joke, I think, on that show. It was a very serious role that she played, but she was great. She was a very precocious young lady on that show. I think she's also on, I think it's a Netflix series. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's, I mean, yeah. probably. <laughs> yes, there we go. The true story of Marie, a teenager who was charged yeah. with lying about having been raped. Fun. Yeah. Tony Collette's in that. Yes, I know. Okay, because, like, there was someone else that I was like, somebody I really like. Him. Yeah, that's going to be a, that's a series. Oh, okay. A Netflix series. September oh, okay. 13th. Oh. Just came out. Oh, wow. Hot off I the presses. <laughs> <laughs> so hot. <laughs> Uh, Gigi. Yes, okay, Billy Carrie, Lord. Yes, okay. Carrie Fisher's daughter. Carrie Fisher's mm-hmm. daughter. God, she's amazing in that. So hilarious. <gasps> I'm so happy you guys are here. <sighs> I knew you guys partied. Didn't I, Jared? You did. She said I it. I told him. Those guys seem quiet, but they're probably spending every weekend at like a sex dungeon. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Oh, God, he tastes like my vitamins. Uh, I think I'm in love with you. I don't think you are. You're coming with me. What? Dance party upstairs! Yeah! Whoa! I had the exact same thing. Really? I lost my virginity in what I thought was a park, but it turned out to be a graveyard, and now the ghost spirits live inside my eggs, waiting to be reborn. You can't smoke up here. Oh, what'd you just say to her? I said to you, you can't uh, smoke. Um, uh, you do not speak to her that way. Is it her me? Because I'm fine. That is my best friend in the fucking world. We're not. She's, she's not. We'll fucking fight you. Turn it down! Oh! Okay, I'm calling security. I'd only seen her in American Horror Story, I think. I, I read that Olivia Wilde kept trying to come up with new scenes for her because she oh. was just so hilarious. Well, they did a good job of how she was just appeared at she every party that they, yeah. got, that they went to. Which is a funny continuity joke. Like, they have such a hard time getting there. It's like, wait, how are you here? You're yeah. just where we just were, and it took us forever to get here, and you're just already here. And if they hadn't called it out in the script, I think people would have been like, oh, that doesn't make any sense. And also that they keep trying to get her to tell them where the party is and she won't. She won't tell. I mean, not because she refuses, but she's just not helpful. You can't tell anyone. We won't. Not even each other. Okay. Nick's party. Is at his aunt's house. Like, we know. My favorite was Jared. I I love him, yes. Yes. From the Santa Clarita diet. Skylar Gisondo. (laughs) I'm sorry if I am butchering that. Uh, On the Santa Clarita diet, he is hilarious on that show. He's kind of an annoying character in in this movie, but, you know. But, like, so endearing. Yeah, endearingly (laughs) annoying. You you guys hungry? I, I got... Got some soup dumps. Keep it down out there. They're probably a little soggy now, but they're great cold. He's one of the two one percenters. He tries to lure them onto his yacht party. He's like known as this overcompensating rich kid who's trying to buy everyone's affection. You first meet him when he walks into a classroom that he's not. Uh, he like gives a gift to a teacher who he doesn't even have, and he's wearing a t-shirt with his. What is it called when you have like a picture and a picture and yeah, a picture? What is that? The Drost effect is the effect of a picture appearing within itself. So it's just him over and over. Yeah. 
and he's like been giving those t-shirts out and oh, one character says like no one's gonna no one's gonna wear that even ironically yeah. <laughs> and I love his response he's just so good natured he's just like agree to disagree yeah. <laughs> I mean it just rolls right yeah. off his back I yeah. really love that kid. I love how Jared picks the girl uh, Audrey uh, or sorry oh, Amy, Amy. <laughs> and Molly up I'm mixing the movie names up to go to the party like he's uh, listening to an audiobook of uh, Lean In. <laughs> Before parties, I like to uh, hear voices of powerful women. Is it yeah. <laughs> but is that, a, is that a line or is that really what's happening? I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I just was like, oh, yeah, this is interesting. Because <laughs> he definitely seems to have a carefully orchestrated image. Uh, True, yeah. So I wonder if he like thought that that's a good way to bag the ladies. But And then his oh, license yeah. plate says, fuck boy. <laughs> That's true. I didn't think of that. Oh. But then you find out later, I mean, he's over, he's overcompensating in a lot of ways. You find out later that I think he he says he's a virgin. There's a rumor that he lost his virginity to a prostitute that his dad bought him. But then they verify (laughs) later that he, that that is not true. See, that also was like a, a little callback, um, because when I do think that story is true, and Molly's like, I mean, there are just too many specifics for it not to be. Like, there's too oh, many yeah. weird details, mm-hmm. you know? Which is a little bit of the, like, when you lie, you make up too many details, you know? Because the story uh, ends up not oh, being yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. That's smart. <laughs> that the delivery scene. guy scene where they're, like... Where they put their hair in. Yeah, that was so amazing. That's and so funny. He that is probably the funniest to be part. the Valley Strangler in yeah. the end, but he's like saying, "Oh my God, guys, don't show me your phone password. Right. Yeah. Don't just <laughs> get into something like like he does have a pretty detailed idea of like how he could abduct them. You yeah, know, he's not just like you don't get in someone's car; they could drive off with you. He's like, I could be across state lines. Yeah, yeah I know. Have you hopped into the bed and filming it? Like, yeah. <laughs> he could have a pretty specific. Yeah. Like, that scene, I think, it's uh, Molly is just so funny in that scene. Yeah. She's yeah. trying to be tough and she's like, well, I'll ask the question. <laughs> my god, are you guys out of your fucking mind? How old are you, by the way? Does not matter! Okay, that voice did not make you sound older, so you're basically children. You do not look intimidating <laughs> <laughs> in any way right now. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, they were, like, so complimentary of each yeah. other and how they handled that situation, even though it was such an epic failure. Right. And, <laughs> I love that, like, they're... Like, Amy is just always practical. Like, he asks if they have a weapon, and she's like, wait, if we say we have a weapon, that's a felony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you guys didn't think this through at all. It's just the hair. <laughs> okay, so you're using your hair as a mask and trying to rob someone with no weapon. Because the funny thing is, I actually have a weapon. I keep that to protect myself from bad people. Something you guys should be thinking about. Did the did the possibility of sexual assault ever enter your minds? Okay, the whole reason they're in the pizza car, the pizza delivery guy, is because they're following the party on Instagram all night, and they see that they had a whole bunch of pizzas delivered from this particular place. So they're like, how many like fifteen pizza orders could they have gotten in you know to one address in this in this yeah. night? And so that's how they find that place and. 
They're like, yeah. well, let's use our superpower, which is homework. They actually go to a library and they look at like some city plans. It is funny, not even just that he doesn't like, that he is a serial killer and doesn't kill them, but that he expresses so much concern for yeah. them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's so, like, mad at them in almost, like, a paternal way. Maybe he's just, like, he's at work. You know, he's in the yeah. he's in the middle of, you know, he got into his car to deliver yeah. pizza. So maybe it's just, you know. Strangling women age yeah. three. Yeah. Right. He lands really funny for me. Yeah. Even, like, when he's first getting into his car and he has the two pizzas and he's like, two half cheeses and half sausage is just one cheese and one sausage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Idiots. I, I like that scene a lot. And then it ends up being leverage in the end because you know, they use it to, like, get Amy out of jail. Right. Yeah, and he gets arrested at <laughs> mm-hmm. the party and then, yeah, that's yeah, how she gets out. Yeah, she's the hero of the party. <laughs> that's good plot structure. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I love when they're going into graduation and Jared's been doing the speech as Molly. Straight white man, your time is... Okay. And then Molly comes in and takes over and she, like, totally makes out with him and yeah. everybody's like, Clapping yeah, that's something that happens off camera. I yeah. guess is like they're they hook up at some point. Like they yeah. they're sort of having a flirtation earlier on, but we don't see them get together. All we know is that in the morning she somehow has access to his car, and then <laughs> and then they kiss on stage. So clearly something happened that we didn't see. So here's my question: when they when they finally do get to the rager, you learn like about halfway through that she actually does have a crush on this guy Nick. That she you know acts like she doesn't even like. He's an idiot. He's like. The most popular guy in school. She's president of student council and he's vice president. So then they get there and like, doesn't it seem like he is into her? They team up to play beer pong and (laughs) she's really good at it and then they they definitely have a flirtation. I mean, he like, like you were saying that his line about naming her Harry Potter house would have worked on your daughter. (laughs) Well, he reminds me a little bit of a guy that she had a little crush on for a while, but then when he says, what are you like, half Slytherin, half Raven Club, which is what <laughs> how my daughter identifies, you know, and she's like, that is exactly what I yeah. Am. But when he's leaving and he's like, Don't move, don't move. I feel like you're gonna move. Yeah, I feel like he's like into he's her. Kind of, yeah, he doesn't know? want her to leave. I feel like that was very charming the way he said that, but she I think reasonably thinks like this is gonna happen. We're flirting and he's into it. And then tragically later then he's making out with the girl that Amy has a crush on. So do you think that he is really into her like a little bit or like is that just how he is? Is he just flirtatious with everyone? Is he just someone who kinda knows what works on people? I get the impression like, that he is very flirtatious. Because they yeah. do make a comment early on saying that like everybody who's into dudes is into him. Oh. And it's so probably that's a big part of it is that he's just so charming and anytime he talks to you you feel like you're the only one in the room so I don't know I mean I don't think it's malicious on his part I think that's just like the kind of dude he is is that he's just very naturally charming Mm -hmm. and good looking and so that and he maybe does I mean maybe he does work that to his advantage unconsciously right or like he can kind of find a thing like that Harry Potter line is not going to work on every girl in school. You know, like, right. he kind of knows what works on different people. You know, I can definitely relate to just the idea of, like, somebody 
definitely flirting with you, but then not hooking up with you later. I just, I had that crush on this one guy in college who flirted with me, definitely flirted with me, because I was, like, polling everybody about it. And I'm like, why won't this guy make out with me? He's always flirting with me, right? Am I right? And they're like, yep, he definitely is. What's the problem here? Why isn't this happening? Right. It's just, it is something that people do sometimes for whatever reason. And then he ends up making out, yeah, with this other girl who we don't, (laughs) <laughs> her sexuality is a mystery yeah she's definitely very friendly toward amy and she says to amy a couple times like i want you to you should come to this party and hang out so yeah i don't know i guess that both of them they're both of their crushes are very friendly over into a to a point that it can be misconstrued mm-hmm. i guess that's something that yeah. their crushes have in common right and then they end up together i guess it's just two charismatic people like magnets coming together yeah. <laughs> right also, I feel like even though they end up making out, like, that doesn't mean... Are you always only interested or attracted to one person, you know? <laughs> he could genuinely be kind of into Molly, and then he's also into Ryan. You don't have to just have one crush at a time or one flirtation. And the vibe of this party definitely is, like, a going-out-of-business sale kind of right. thing. Where yeah. you're just like, you're going to hook up with somebody, and then you're never going to see them again after tomorrow because this is it. We're right. all going to different places. I liked uh, Amy's underwater acting. <laughs> Was she just discovers Ryan and Nick making out in the pool. Like, when she first jumps in the mm-hmm. pool, she's, like, all happy because she and Ryan are swimming together yeah. in their underwear. And then and she's, like, keeps swimming. And then she sees them. And, like, it was, like, really solid facial expression. Like, I just appreciated that little detail of her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like her face the, like, I, I, yeah, I walked away from that movie thinking, like, oh, my God, I wish there had been movies like that when I was a, a teenager. The characters were just so smart and funny and nothing's like problematic about it that's exactly what i mean about the unrealisticness of it it's not like can't hardly wait was a realistic high school movie but it had plenty of problems right right and it wasn't the kind of you know it's what not the kind of movie that i can't wait to show my kids right yeah (laughs) i watched 10 things i hate about you recently oh did you watch that with lula i did she wasn't quite old enough with four months my daughter's nine and she's kind of expressing interest in relationship movies that's what it is her words she's like I'm, I'm interested in relationships she has a boyfriend her boyfriend is Amy's, <laughs> my, Amy's son I'm sorry this fiance <laughs> that's true they get engaged my daughter proposed to her son <laughs> and he said yeah we're basically related now. That's so cute. Uh, yeah. This is legally binding. This yes. Contract. But I think she's not quite ready. She watched that movie with me, and I was way more interested than she was. But um, that movie doesn't have a lot of problematic elements to it either, even though yeah. there is, like, a bad guy character. He's, like, the kind of a bully who is trying to manipulate the situation, but not in an overly villainous way. I chose that movie after polling people on Twitter because I couldn't think of any movies that I wanted to show her that were high school movies that wouldn't have some problem to it. I can't wait to show this movie to her someday. It's definitely got a lot more sex in it than I'm ready for her to see because she's only nine, but (laughs) it's on the list eventually of movies to show her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I saw it with Lucy. Well, we saw it, yeah, with her. Like, we screened it first to make, you know, see. Lucy's 12, right? Right, she's yeah. 12. 12 kind of opened up a new world. Like, there's a yeah. lot of things that I waited for for a while, and it's like, okay, you're old enough now. So I'm so happy for her that she got to see this movie at 12. Yeah. yeah. We watched 10 Things I Hate About You, what, maybe like a year or so ago? You did. Mm-hmm. And what was her yeah. reaction to that? She liked it a lot. You know, I don't know, like, it stuck with her that much, but the movies that she has watched 
that she really liked are Clueless and Legally Blonde. I know Legally mm-hmm. Blonde isn't high school, but those are like the ones that like she has wanted to watch more than once and that really, really hit with her, you know. But she loved Booksmart and she loved yeah, ten things I I really like Ten Things I Hate About You and I watched it again. It's good as a non problematic high school movie, which is funny because it's based on Taming of the Shrew, which is like so <laughs> disgustingly problematic. It you know? is. It's right there in the title, you know. Yeah. But it's a high school movie that works, and right. it's on a very, very short list of high school movies that work. Right. And you know that I will always stand for Fast Times at Ridgemont. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, which I think, which is, it's crazy for me, like, how non-problematic that movie is, because it's like an 80s teen sex high school comedy, which all of the other ones are incredible. terrible. It's yeah. like a magic trick. It is. But, I mean, I think partly because it's directed by Amy Heckerling. You see what a big difference is when there's, like, a woman, like, at the helm of yeah. things. And she wrote know. it, too, right? It's written by Cameron Crowe. The Jackson Brown song, Somebody's <laughs> Baby, I don't know why. I just, I, well, I find it very creepy somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I well, a lot, I think, one, because Jackson Brown is gross, you know. Oh, I didn't uh, know he was. Well, he was, like, arrested for beating up Daryl Hannah or something. What? You know? Like, yeah. Oh. Yeah, yeah. But I think, like, it's creepy because they play it when she, you know, like, the 15-year-old girl is, like, having sex with, like, the 20, however old that guy is, 26, Ron Johnson, the stereo salesman. (laughs) Uh, You know, like, it's a a creepy, like, it's not problematic in the sense of consent at all. She's just really eager to get rid of her virginity. You know, she Mm -hmm. just kind of thinks that's what growing up, you know, it's, like, literally fast times, you know, when you're a teenager and in that rush to, like, do grown-up stuff. It's just bad sex. Like, it's not problematic with consent or anything. They barely know each other. She's not ready. They get, like, right to it. Like, she says that. She's like, it hurts so bad. And then later that song plays again when she has sex with Damone that lasts for, like, 30 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, that song for me, for sure, is, like, very associated with bad sex. You know? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is, yeah, why you shouldn't have a song to lose your virginity to unless you want. Or you should choose a song you don't like because there's a little chance that it's going to be a super great experience (laughs) even if you're both into it. There were some movies that Olivia Wilde cited as inspiration for this movie for her directing of the movie. Okay. And one of them was Fast Times and one of them was Clueless. Um, She's a little Amy Heckerling yeah. fan. <laughs> she did see Breakfast Club, but I don't see oh. it. I would see it just in the sense, oh no, like the the different yeah. tropes of high school characters, the rebel and mm-hmm. the jock, and the. But I actually feel like I don't really see that in Booksmart. No, you yeah. know, I felt like they weren't like they're not segregated that way at all. I got the idea that they sort of like segregated themselves as like the. Right. Brainy the, kids, the girls, it's not yeah. like they are... That just um, seemed to be the implication, is not that they this, were self-imposed exiles. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, they they didn't walk into high school, into that uh, caste system yeah. as the untouchables. Did they yeah. talk about how long Molly and Amy were friends? I have been friends. I so I mean, part. they might reference something when... When they're talking to Amy's parents. I don't know. I, yeah, I definitely get the sense that they've known each other a really long time, and they know so much about each other mm-hmm. and are very close. But you can get that close with someone, yeah. especially when you're a kid, you, in a short amount of time. Yeah. yeah. 
I mean, you can make best friends over, like, a summer. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the age that's very conducive to, like, just hanging out. You know, it's hard. Like, when you get older, it's hard. Yeah. you miss that, like, just hanging out casually with your friends and it not having to be a thing where you mm-hmm. set it up and, oh, yeah. you know, like, plan something and I have to make dinner or something. And Lucy has that. Like, and Dash and Lula mm-hmm. kind of have that. Yeah. Where it's like, just come over. Like, in Booksmart, like, you get the sense they're just always at each other's houses. Mm-hmm. I just remember, like, in middle school going over to my friend's house and we'd watch MTV and, like, eat snacks for hours. And Oh, yeah. I loved their friendship. They had, like, that kind of, like, codependency thing that came out in their big argument at the party. You could see, like, a bunch of kids are filming it with mm-hmm. their phones, and I, I just was mortified, thinking, like, I, am. I am so glad people didn't record everything in <laughs> oh, <laughs> high yeah. school, you I know? know. And, um, and to what end, even? But, yeah, you just see those lights go on as yeah, they're fighting, like, and more the- and more lights going on behind them and you're like what are you gonna do with that video yeah, like, <laughs> well i think maybe it's the anticipation like is this gonna escalate is it gonna get physical the actual argument i don't think is something that would be very interesting for other people to watch yeah. like yeah. that's not going viral or anything. yeah exactly <laughs> amy didn't want to like she saw her crush making out with molly's crush in the pool and like she's just like molly i need to leave the party and like she's not telling molly the guy that she's so Obsessed she's trying to protect this. her feelings. She's trying to protect yeah. her feelings, and then even like, though she it herself is very hurt in that moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. the goodbye scene, like where she's taking her to the airport. I thought that was really sweet. They're finally going their separate ways. High school's over. Feels weird to be on this side of the car. It's like everything's different. Yeah, I can't believe I'm not gonna see you tomorrow. Call me on that weird international flip phone, okay? I will. <laughs> okay. Bye. I love you. Love you. Bye. Go make those tampons. I will. Bye. Bye. It was a nice little scene. Yeah, it was. And then they didn't know how to say goodbye to each other either. And they didn't know how to say goodbye because they go get pancakes. Which made me very stressed out, I have to say. Is it like is it where do they have hop across the street? Because right. like can you use your eat in the terminal? <laughs> yeah. you know, be, you know, before security yeah. or anything. I know you like to get to the airport very early. Well, yeah, and she's going to Botswana, so like that's an international flight. You need at least yeah. three hours. You can't just roll up with your bag and expect to get on the plane to Botswana like wet as they're yeah. boarding. <laughs> it doesn't work that way, young person. But yeah. on the other hand, I mean, maybe it is believable that they would do that because they don't understand the, the gravity of going to the airport and how hard it is. <laughs> but there probably is an IHOP right around there or something. Sure. <laughs> something quick, like, pancakes are fast. I appreciate that 
that my dad saw this movie, you know. Oh, did he? He did, yeah. My, my dad, like, goes to movies, like, all the time. So he sees everything. He sees everything, yeah. yeah. I mean, still, like, my dad's an 84-year-old man, That's not the demographic. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, so I appreciate that he saw it, although he did ask me. He was puzzled by the end. He was like, so does that mean they, like, got together? <laughs> what? No. Why would it mean that? <laughs> that is a very perplexing question. It was, yeah. <laughs> It's <laughs> so, like at least you tried. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like I'm just gonna give you the take the W for going to see that. Yeah. Like, just, <laughs> uh, no, Dad, that's not what it. that ending meant. <laughs> I think he liked Jessica Williams in it. I mean, he appreciated. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a whole thing of like how fast you do a crossword puzzle. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's a whole yeah. little my thing. Yeah, that, <laughs> my dad and I have that tie-in. So um, I don't remember what. I mean, I just remember he liked it and he thought it was funny and uh, he liked that part. And then he was wondering if the ending meant they got together. We overall, I'd say we both we all recommend these movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. definitely. I've seen. Yeah. I can watch Spy Who Dumped Me over and over again yeah. actually and yeah I, I like them both a lot very watchable very quotable yeah. do we have any other lines we want to share give shout yeah. outs to uh, well I mean the soundtrack in Booksmart was oh, amazing right. Lizzo. Yeah. I think we're going to see Lizzo in like every movie from now on <laughs> alright well I think that concludes our first right. episode of Paid and Paid Puke Paid and Puke on the next episode of Paid and Puke We'll delve into the 1988 film that gave us our motif, Heathers. Paid in Puke is hosted by Amy Green, Christina Barr, and Jessica Baxter. Music by Silent Partner. Follow us on Twitter at Paid in Puke Pod, or join us on Facebook at Paid in Puke Podcast. Thanks for listening. Lick it up, baby. Lick it up.